guys, welcome back to episode 11 of Raging Nerds, where we'll rage all over your eardrums. This is Thirsty as always, and I'm joined by my lovely host. Ah, uh, the Dusty John. <laughs> uh, we are recording this episode in the morning time instead of nighttime, so John took forever to get ready. <laughs> I am not a morning person Obviously, at all. we were supposed to record, what, at 9, and it is 10. <laughs> 10-10. I'm making a wish. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so, before we go into our theme, we just want to cover the conventions that we're going to do. Um, the pa- the next couple months, honestly, is going to be full packed of conventions. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we have Delta H Con, which is from July 13th to 15th. And we also have Classic Game Fest, July 28th to 29th. Oh, yes, in the wonderful capital city of Austin. I know, I know. Delta H comes here in Houston, and then Classic Game Fest is in Austin. But, I mean, the next couple months is going to be crazy. August, we have LeakyCon. We have a bunch of other conventions going on. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I wonder if we can get something at RenFest. Or is that just camping? We're super excited for all the conventions that we're going to cover, uh, but let's get to it. Let's get to our theme, which is Studio Ghibli. Woo! <laughs> now, uh, we actually looked this up. Is it Ghibli or... Ooh, or is it Ghibli? Ghibli. Ghibli or Ghibli. So, the Japanese say Ghibli, but in Italian, it's actually Ghibli. But then you're thinking, why are we talking about Italian words, right? So the name Ghibli is from the Italian word for a hot desert wind. And it was Hayao Miyakazi's hope that Studio Ghibli would blow a new wind through the anime industry. I thought that was a nice little cute tidbit before we go into and rob the net. Um, but yeah, I, I had no idea that people were calling it Ghibli and then Ghibli because I've always heard Ghibli. That's the same thing I've always heard, too. And it's like. But I know I'm always known for, you know, butchering names and stuff like that. We're so. Americans, so. <laughs> We're like, what's the easy way to say this? <laughs> America. <laughs> but let's go around the net. And now we go around the net. So for around the net, I actually found some cool stuff. Uh, Fathom Events is actually screening Studio Ghibli movies. Ooh. Yes, they started last year at Studio Ghibli Fest following the success of Studio Ghibli Fest 2017 G-Kids, the acclaimed distributor of multiple Academy Award-nominated animated features and Fathom Events, are proud to announce a partnership to bring the biggest series of anime titles to U.S. audiences throughout 2018. Uh, so they've been doing this since the very beginning, but there's still a couple going on right now. We have Princess Mononoke. They're showing the dub versions 22nd and 25th of July and the sub versions on July 23rd. We have the Grave of Fireflies, which I am going to see, <laughs> dubbed August 12th and 15th and subbed August 13th. My Neighbor Totoro, 30th anniversary, which is crazy, right? Uh, they have the dubbed September 30th and October 3rd, subbed October 1st. We have Spirited Away, which is dubbed October 28th and 30th, subbed October 29th, Castle in the Sky, dubbed November 18th and 20th, subbed November 19th. I know that they had a lot 
of other movies in the beginning of the year, but these are still like grade A Studio Ghibli movies that are showing. Oh, yes, but I'll probably see Totoro. Oh, hell yeah. No, I'm going to see Totoro. Um, man, I wish that I know they showed Howl's Moving Castle earlier this year, but Grave of Fireflies, I'm probably going to have to go by myself and cry. <laughs> I am not watching that again. I'll be an old lady in the back of the room crying. <laughs> um, My Neighbor Totoro, for sure, 30th anniversary. Maybe Spirited Away, Castle in the Sky was okay. Princess Mononoke, ah, it was okay. I know I'm going to get shit for it. Not, yes, you are. Not my favorite, man. I can totally respect why people like it. It has a huge following. John's just fucking dying. <laughs> It has a good, you know, cult following. I understand why people like it. It's just not my thing. Oh, what? Giant wolves that talk and then you have the forest spirit? <sighs> I don't know. I I mean, if I wanted to, like, hear talking wolves, i just watch Inuyasha. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, but Fathom Events, you know, good job. They did great last year. And I know they're going to do great this year. But on from that, they actually have a Studio Ghibli museum. Did you know about this? Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Ghibli Museum in Mitaka. It's located on the edge of Tokyo's Inokashira Park. The Ghibli Museum is a multi-storied mansion full of twists and turns, tiny doors, winding staircases, and a rooftop garden, recreating the mood of the enchanting Studio Ghibli universe. Now, this place is awesome, right? They actually change out some of the rooms and some of the decor. You have to arrive on time for this place, but once you get in there, you can stay as long as you want, but you have to leave at closing time. Um, it is it is so cool. The, the, they want you to feel like you're actually part of Studio Ghibli. It doesn't really focus on the movies as much as it try to focus on the soul of Studio Ghibli, if that makes some sense. Oh, it does, you know, because they want you to be like, you're not just visiting them. You right. are a part of their world. Right. And you know what I really like? Uh, photography isn't allowed inside, which only adds the excitement and mystery of the place. I won't spoil it all for you, <laughs> but there are quite a few things to look forward to. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in this. If you go online, they only give you like little tidbits of pictures. It's nothing that much. They actually have an official website for this place. Um, it's amazing. They also have it in English and Japanese. So you can always go there and you can read it, you know, for us Americans. <laughs> oh, good. I don't use Google Translate. Right? <laughs> Near the top of the museum, visitors have the chance to play with one of the most adored characters in the Studio Ghibli films, a giant plush cat bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Oh. But you can only be 12 years or younger to climb in. Well, looks like I want to shave my beard. <laughs> You're going to be a big-ass 12-year-old John. <laughs> I can pull it off. I No, no, you cannot, sir. <laughs> Yes, just do you like the old, like, you know, the sailor suit and the big lollipop? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> this place looks awesome. These tickets go by fast. Even though this place has been around for at least a decade that I know of, uh, it, the tickets do go by fast. Uh, they want, they say it's easiest to buy it there, but then you might have to wait a couple days to go. But you can buy it here in the States. There's a couple places that you can go. And if you go to their website, they can direct you to the American websites where you can buy tickets. 
Uh, and so Ticketmaster can get their little fees. <laughs> but you know what? At least you don't have to worry if you're going to get in, if all that's going to happen. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, thanks. Maybe you can get like a package deal where it's like a hotel and airfare and then tickets to them. I don't think so. <laughs> it's That'd mostly good. It's, no, it's mostly just the tickets. You just buy the tickets. Yeah. But, I mean, it's so cool. They have all these plushed animals. They have, like, this huge Totoro plush animal. And I mean, like, I mean, it's life-size how big this plush is. And it's it's amazing. They don't show a lot of pictures because they want you to go there. But it looks stunning. And I've read reviews about it. And everyone's just like, go. Like, if you're going to be there, if you're going to be in the area, go there. Like, every Studio Ghibli fan needs to go there. Oh, that's going to be fun to see the ginormous me that towers over everybody and just dive on the Totoro. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what? Well, let's go into questions, man. It's a time for questions. So, for our first question, what is your top five Studio Ghibli movies? I'm going to go. I'm going to go first. Um, I've been waiting for this maybe my whole life to talk about. So... <laughs> More than zombies. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not going to say it, but I love Studio Ghibli. For my number five, I have The Cat Returns. This movie is about a girl who prevents a cat from getting crushed by a truck and gains favor with a nocturnal kingdom of hipster felines. In a story with echoes of Alice in Wonderland and the novels of Haruki Murakami. And so it's, it's a really good movie. It's not on a lot of people's top five top 10 top 20 lists honestly it's usually ranked pretty low but i liked it i loved i loved this kingdom that this girl gets sucked into and what happens is she she saves this cat's light right and she finds out that he's actually the prince of the cat kingdom and by doing so they're like oh well our prince offers you all these goodies and he wants to make you his wife and her not saying no they take it as okay you want to marry him right and it's amazing how she gets sucked into all this. And it's this huge thing that's going on. Um, we have the Cat Baron from a previous Ghibli movie. So it's it's definitely one of my favorites just because of the cats and the animation. And it's it's a super fun, friendly movie. Mm. Well, of course, then you have mine, I guess, which is going to be... <laughs> oh yes, a movie made back in like what, the eighty-eight ish. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it was made. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Totoro, you got the father and the two daughters that move into this house that's way out in the middle of the country. Their mom's sick in the hospital. Never know exactly what she has, but apparently one of the things that they had was like a cold, and the doctors were scared of her coming home. Then the younger one runs away. And they have to ask Totoro and all the magical creatures of the forest for help. Yes. And that's where you get cat bus. (laughs) (laughs) Cat bus. Cat bus. (laughs) Uh, For my number four, I chose Howl's Moving Castle. It's an unconventional love story that pairs Howl, a half-man, half-bird magician who wanders the countryside in the grinding, puffing domicile of the title. Um, If you see the actual... Like, title page of Howl's Moving Castle. That's where he lives, right? Um, And Sophie, a young milliner who has been turned into an old woman by a witch's curse. Now, if you don't know what a milliner is, it's a person who makes hats. I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) Not everyone knows what the word means. Um, It's a really good movie. 
It's it really is a love story, but it's more than that as well. There's different dynamics, different characters, and it just slowly builds on top of each other to make a great movie. I've actually heard some people don't like it that much, and I don't understand how you cannot like it. I'm guessing they're hoping for more of the castle like roaming the countryside and eating other people. I don't I don't know, but I love it. Uh what's your number four? Ponyo. Ponyo. I love Ponyo. Oh, that wonderful little creature that wants to be human. <laughs> and with the dad who I'm guessing was a pers- weird personification of Poseidon. Well, okay, so Mr. Miyazaki, it's his take on the little mermaid. Okay, that makes sense, actually. Yes. Now. <laughs> it's, there we it's, go. It's about a spunky, proud little fish who befriends a human boy and tries to live on land. Oh, yes. Yeah, so she tastes... She got caught in the jar, and he saw her in the jar when he was trying to use his little boat by the sea. And sort of takes a rock, bashes it open, but cuts his thumb, and she licks his thumb and tastes human blood. (laughs) (sighs) Ah, It knows human blood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love Ponyo. Ponyo Ponyo is definitely one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies. Um, My number three is My Neighbor Totoro. And so, just like you said, the sister Sasuke may move into a ramshackle country cottage while their mother convalesces at a nearby hospital. And they overcome their fears with the help of some possibly imaginary new friends, including a grinning cat that doubles as a bus and a huge, furry, unflappable Totoro. <laughs> um, it's a really, My Neighbor Totoro is such a cute movie. If you do have children, I definitely recommend introducing them to Studio Ghibli through My Neighbor Totoro. It's amazing. I think I have all the plushies. I know for a fact I have all the plushies for my neighbor Totoro. I have the big Totoro, the black Totoro, the white Totoro. So I have all of them, okay? I'm a huge fan of my neighbor Totoro. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Totoro. Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number uh, three? Oh, that would be Spirited Away. That is a good one. That did not make my top five, but it's definitely my top ten. Oh, yeah. It's a good, I still love the animation and the stories behind this one, but either way, with this one, the family takes a wrong turn on its way to a new home to meet the movers, and the young girl is plunged into a dark adventure with a hauntingly drawn collection of spirits, witches, monsters, and other fantastic creatures. It's Mr. Miyazaki's most expansive, mesmerizing film ever. Yes, it is his most expensive movie. And if you watch it, you can definitely understand why. It's simply amazing. I love No Face in it. He's probably one of my favorite characters. And I love the GIF. Okay, so if you go to Facebook and you type in Studio Ghibli or Spirited Away, I love the GIF where No Face is just shoveling in food and into his mouth. And it's like all this food dancing around him. Um, It's amazing. The visuals are just stunning. Everything is beautiful put in the place that it needs to be put in. There's twists, there's turns, there's characters that you would think that that they wouldn't be a major part of the movie and they do become a major part of the movie. It's it's definitely just a beautiful story. I love Studio Ghibli's work. I mean, they're amazing. And it's the only thing I've noticed in a lot of them. Most Studio Ghibli's, you have those little dust, like dirt sprites. Uh, they're, called, they're called sprites, yes. Yeah, those little things with the little eyes and they're so cute especially whenever she was trying to get a job there with the boiler man and 
<laughs> and she saw one of them like drop the lump of coal on itself yes. and help pick it up. And apparently this coal weighs like a hundred pounds or something. <laughs> and throws it into the finally like walks it to the furnace and throws the coal in, not the sprite. Mm-hmm. Then the other sprites start seeing it like, oh, and then they start dropping the coal on themselves. <laughs> I know, it was so cute. Um, For my number two, I picked Ponyo. I think this movie definitely has some close, like, emotional connections with me. I love Ponyo. Um, It's definitely Miyazaki's take on The Little Mermaid. It's adorable. It's cute, whimsical. It also has, like, a hint of a little dark side. But at the same time, it's beautiful. Definitely... If you want your kid to watch this, I would approve for your child to watch this. It's not that dark of a movie. <laughs> um, but Ponyo, oh my gosh, I love Ponyo. Oh, uh, there's one good thing, though. If you're going to watch Ponyo, you have to pair it. One thing. What? A ham sandwich. You have to. Or ramen. Ramen. That's yes. what you have to do. <laughs> you have to eat ramen. Guys, you have to eat ramen during Ponyo. The first time I saw Ponyo, I actually have a shirt. And it's Ponyo in a ramen bottle, in a ramen bowl, and it says, I love ham. <laughs> and it's, it's so cute. Um, but definitely, the first time I saw this, I was like, why is, does not, my ramen never looks this good, guys. <laughs> no, neither does mine. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. I never thought about putting eggs in ramen before I saw that. I know it's crazy. And so I've tried that since then. And I add, whenever I make ramen, I add eggs and like onion and all this other stuff into it. So I definitely spice it up because of this movie. Oh, yeah. Salt just doesn't do it, especially the ramen we have here, which has that little (laughs) packet that gives you your yearly allowance of salty brown water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They they actually do have the actual nice sets of ramen, but they're, what is it, $10 a pop? I've tried some. They're actually pretty good. Well, of course they would for $10 a pop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for my number one movie, guys, I picked Grave of Fireflies. Now, before this episode, John really hadn't seen a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies, and I wanted to do this. So I'm like, John, you know, we're not going to record early in the week. We are going to record the last day that we can, and you're going to watch all these movies. So he spent this whole week watching Studio Ghibli movies so that we can talk about it. Yes, and... Oh my god, the Grave of Fireflies, with all the stuff I've been through, you are lucky that I made it through. <laughs> so, John, so, you know, John's been going through some stuff, and yeah. and I told him, I said, look, you know, how many movies have you watched? And he's like, oh, well, I watched like four or five so far. And I said, okay, the next one, man, you have to watch the Grave of Fireflies. And he's like, okay. I'm like, no, but I'm serious. The next one, you have to watch the Grave of Fireflies. And then when he hopped on this morning, he's like, what the fuck, Erica? <laughs> Yes. You know those mugs they sold at Comic Palooza X? Uh-huh. Yeah. I went through three of those of tequila. Gee, it's, it is, okay. And then after that, like all the feels and everything else I was going through, I had to, I watched, like, okay, I got one more movie to watch. Fuck it. It's going to be spirited away because it's going to be ha ha ha. Okay, so with this movie, I went into it thinking, it's Studio Ghibli, right? It's going to be funny. It's going to be cute. Whatever. I'm like halfway through this. And I'm thinking, what what is this that I'm watching? This is, like, not okay. <laughs> I cried so hard during this movie. Um, okay, so the story is of a brother and a sister surviving on their own amid firestorms and famine during World War II. 
Mr. Takahata's parable of Japanese nationalism and the high cost of pride is often cited as one of the Ghibli masterpieces. It's seamlessly told, but is also a shameless, morbid tearjerker. It, it is a tearjerker, y'all. I mean, I cried. It's, it's sad. I, yeah. It's the saddest anime I've ever seen. And I've seen some fucked up animes. I am saying that you need to watch Grave of Fireflies. Anyone who loves Studio Ghibli, I'm like, hey, have you seen Grave of Fireflies? No, go watch it. Because I just want to know if they're going to cry. I want to know, like, what their take on it is. I try to get as many people to watch Grave of Fireflies because it is shaking. I mean, it shook me. It just shook me. Yeah. And what's really funny is I thought. Whenever I went to go see The Killing Joke uh-huh. was sad and depressing, and that really fucked me up <laughs> to where I had to watch like at least three hours of like happy-go-lucky cartoons afterwards just to get recover somewhat of my sanity. This was worse. It is. No, seriously. The Grave of Fireflies is my number one Studio Ghibli movie. It was amazing. I mean... The depth that it goes into, it doesn't sugarcoat anything, and it tells you what these people went through during World War II. Because you don't want to think about it, right? You don't want to think about the children that died. You don't want to think about the problems that families went through. You know, their parents are in the military. They get torn away. Their parents die. They're left alone. You know, orphans, you know, don't have family. Relatives that didn't want to take care of them. Yeah, just POS family, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's just sad. It's a sad yeah. movie. What's your number one? I'm like, I'm like so sad. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to, uh, we're going to sidestep. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. That one was actually the first Studio Ghibli movie I've ever watched. Totoro was mine. Totoro was my first Ghibli movie. And I have that on DVD. I nice. Think. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, with that one, a young warrior named Ashitaka is afflicted with a deadly curse. And then he has to set out into the forests of the West in search of the cure that will save his life. Once there, he becomes entangled in a bitter battle that ma- that matches Lady Eboshi and a proud clan of humans against the forest animal gods who are led by a brave Princess Monoki, a young woman raised by wolves. And it was actually kind of because I love the, I've always liked love cartoons and this got me into anime and just the interesting creep factor of how the animation was done, especially when it comes to the force, the force God spirit. And oh God, the thing looks like something off the Jägermeister bottle. (laughs) (laughs) It did. That's crazy. Human human face antlers. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of Princess Mononoke. I know that people love it. I I don't dislike it, but it's not one of my top favorites. I mean, it would be pretty low on my list. I just never got into it. I just never did. But I love the cosplays of Princess Mononoke. I know that we've seen it at Comicpalooza and other cons, and it's, like, flipping amazing. It's awesome. Oh, I know. And I look at them and, like, you're not single. (laughs) <laughs> John <laughs> there he is <laughs> there we go the coffee's kicked in <laughs> okay uh, you know what subbed or dubbed 
Uh, for me, it's going to be dubbed because I am lazy. I'm a lazy American. <laughs> I don't like to read when I watch TV or movies, but I have done it before. I did have to do it whenever I had to watch sort of the sort of online movie. Yes. Yes. And there was no dubbed version then. So it's like, okay. I'm learning Japanese by osmosis. <laughs> no, that one, we actually, we saw it the same day, but at different movie theaters. Yes. Um, but yes, I mean, that's the hard truth about it. Sometimes you have to see movies that are subbed because it's, that's how they're made. Um, it just depends for me, honestly. I can only watch Dragon Ball Z dubbed. Um, <laughs> but that's just because that's what I grew up with. Same thing with the Yu Hakusho, Inuyasha. It's always weird when I watch the Japanese, like, actual subtitled versions of that. It's super weird because their voices just don't match my childhood. It just leads down to that. It's the opposite with Attack on Titans. I yes. can only watch the subtitled versions of Attack on Titan. I try to do it dubbed one time, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? We've talked about this before. One of John's friends is the voice actor on this show. I mean, they do great. I, that's cool, man. I do not like, do, like, but I cannot do it. <laughs> like, it was a total different story. And it's because they try to match up their, their voices with the mouths and they have to switch it up. And I just, I just feel like it's a total different story. It takes away from what it was originally supposed to be. And you don't think, oh, well, it's just a meaning or a saying, but that adds, like, if you just keep on changing, you know, every minute you're changing something else, it's going to end up a different story. Well, yeah, it's understandable because there's some things in the Japanese language that don't translate right, well right. when they when they convert it over. So they have to rearrange some words and stuff, which is really hilarious whenever because I have one really weird anime that's subbed and dubbed, and mm -hmm. I had the subtitles going while with the dub version, and it's like wow, they they really Americanized it for the dubbed. No, seriously, <laughs> and I feel I don't. It's not the same with all animes, but sometimes I feel like they dumb it down. They a dub it. Bit. They dub it, and they dumb it down. Like they take out, they take out analogies and metaphors that they use. And I'm like, why? That makes so much sense if you just if you just did that. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that for Americans. <laughs> you know? oh, and, like, and the thing they do for us, they add a lot more curse words and everything else into it because that's you know how we are. I think that's a little bit different. I think that on some of them. Of the Japanese animes that I see, there are a lot more cuss words. There's a lot more derogative language. And then when I see the American language, they kind of, it just depends on what company we're talking about. Because I've seen it both ways. Like the Japanese, they're like filthy animals. And then you see the English version and this dude acts like a, like a freaking priest. And I'm like, that is not you, sir. I know you, <laughs> you know, like wolf in sheep clothing over here. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> in a weird, weird, freaky way. Yes, but I, honestly, I do love subbed way more than dubbed. But it also just depends on what I see at first. If I see it in English first, I'm probably going to st stick with English. And if I see it in Japanese first, probably going to stick with Japanese. Or you just have no choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, right? Um, why do people like Studio Ghibli movies more than other animes? I would assume it's because the animation. That's really a big key. Studio Ghibli invests so much money into the animators and their CGI and everything that they have going on. The, the artistry and the technology that they use is beautiful. 
Um, they've had a couple directors over the lifetime of Studio Ghibli. Um, so it's not that big of a creator difference. And Miyakasi, um, he trained his predecessor. So it's not that big of a difference. I think that the storytelling is the big difference and the whimsical, the mystery, and it almost brings like a childlike view onto things, honestly. Yeah. Other animes, they can be very dark. Or perverted. Or perverted. But I even, have one. <laughs> <laughs> even when Studio Ghibli does go dark, it's in an honest way, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's not, they don't really pervert their stuff, which I love. And it, it's just very innocent. I find Studio Ghibli very innocent and honest and whimsical. And I love it. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite animation studios. Uh, especially nowadays with, because me, I'm a connoisseur of animation. <laughs> yes, sir. Because especially how all the animation now is going to the stylings of, well, what is that thing called? That abomination that has Teen Titans Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? I don't understand. I, there's so many kids that I know that freaking love that show. And I'm like, have you seen the original? <laughs> But Teen Titans Go, it teaches you absolutely nothing. And when you think that it's doing a moral story, at the very end, it's like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, it teach it's total mind garbage. Uh, they're making a movie. You know that, right? Oh, I know. And I've got uh, my people I know from conventions and everything else that are going to go see it. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, your hair is going to hate. I love this. Like, no, I'm not going to pay good money to it's go crazy. see that. It's so crazy. I don't, I don't understand Teen Titans Go. It is absolute mind garbage, in my yes. opinion. But kids love it. Kids it's absolutely like, love it. Well, it's like back in my day, because I'm up, I'm, I'm higher in levels than you, <laughs> uh, was Tom and Jerry Kids. Yeah, that it ranks them on the same line as I that. I can definitely see Teen Titans Go, the equivalent of our Tom and Jerry. Um, you remember Chowder when we were yes. kids? Yeah. It's kind of like that, too. Um, but even Chowder, like, it kind of taught you stories and stuff like that. Teen Titans Go, it does not teach you any moral fiber or anything, which just, like, gets to me. I'm like, why am I even watching this, right? Especially when they brought back Pig Latin. I remember that oh, back in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, jeez, 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 jeez. Just bad animes. <laughs> why can't? Why are they doing this abomination? Especially now, the Thundercats. Okay, see, I'm excited for Thundercats. I know that there's, it's going to be the same director as Teen Titans Go, and I'm kind of worrisome about that. But they look cute. It kind of looks like Steven Universe animation. Um, I think they are the same animators, in fact. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited. It's like Steven Universe, um, Adventure Time animation. Um... I'm just going to hold my opinions until I see it. Um, I definitely have some like hardcore fan. I'm a hardcore fan. I have the whole DVD collection. I mean, I've watched it. So John's like, bitch, I'm about to come over to your house. <laughs> I'm not letting you borrow shit, John. I'm just saying. <laughs> I will bring over my entire series of Thundercats, the original from the 80s, and we will sit down and watch them. It's going to take a whole weekend. I have. I have Thundercats, the whole series, and I'm talking about, like, the whole DVD collection. And so, but I got mine a couple years back. But I'm excited. I'm excited for that animation. Um, I think another thing that brings Studio Ghibli 
to a higher ranking than the other ones is that they do use CGI, but not that much of it. It's all just like hand illustra- illustration, which is amazing. I mean, a lot of people don't do illustration like Pixar. Pixar is pretty much all CGI. Yeah. Um, little to no drawing. Um, I'm not taking away any, I mean, Pixar's movies are amazing. Do not get me wrong, but I don't know. It's like nothing beats art. Someone making yeah. a movie by their hands, the hours of dedication. I don't know. I honestly think that's why it's just, you know, that extra, that extra step above. Um, but you know what? Let's go to How Tech Can Help. How Tech Can Help. So for How Tech Can Help, we are going to talk about Studio Ghibli's themed park. Oh. Yes. Now, you remember there was like rumors that they were going to have a Studio Ghibli park, an independent artist came out with this outrageous park and how there was like every all these themes and everything like that um and i remember saying you 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 remember seeing those original pictures where it's like house moving castle in the back and then like all these little areas studio ghibli in this like circular park yes vaguely Vaguely. um it's not really gonna look like that okay so now it's i know uh but that was kind of like a fan's perspective on what they would like to see in the park But it's originally planned for 2020, but now it's 2022. Uh, Ghibli Park will be located on a 200-hectare plot of land, which the 2005 World's Fair was held on near Nagoya, Japan. The focus will be on bringing Studio Ghibli to life in a way that allows parkgoers to also enjoy nature. The main gate should remind parkgoers of the 19th century structures out of Howl's Moving Castle, as well as a recreation of Whisper of the Heart's antique shop. Now that's awesome. Uh, the big Ghibli warehouse, which is filled with all sorts of Ghibli-themed play areas, as well as attractions for Howl's Moving Castle and Kiki's delivery service. And Dundoka Forest, which is Totoro-themed, the area takes its names from the Dundoku dance. Mayan Satsuki do the Totoro. This area is already home to the house of my neighbor Totoro, which was built in the 2005 World Fair. Um, so they're going to have a lot of things going on. We have House Moving Castle. We have Totoro. We have a bunch of other movies, Whisper of the Heart, that's happening. So I'm excited. Sorry, the only thing that popped in my mind is when you're going through and talking about allowing the people going there to get in touch with nature as well. I can just see this now. Daddy, is that a tree? I've seen them in books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I I do want to go to Japan one day, and I'm I've heard that it's beautiful. I mean, it's hella busy too, but I've heard it's yeah. beautiful. I can't wait to check out the parks there. I can't wait for Nintendo, Nintendo theme park there. I'm so going to go there. I know that America is going to do a Universal Park down here for it as well. They're going to have a Nintendo theme one, but I want to go over there. You know it's going to be better over there. So. Oh, God, yes. And I can just walk around as well. I can't do Homeless Link because they're, they're very conservative people. They might get offended. They might. So, so I'll just go there, Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. You can you can see if anyone picks up on that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, the the pictures because they just released pictures earlier this year. Artist renditions of what it's typically going to look like. It's very forestry. Um, lots of forest, lots of greenery. Um, it doesn't look dilapidated, but at the same time, it looks like nature is the main focus of the park, which is very beautiful. Oh yeah, because with that one, they a lot of there's. 
movies all have a theme with nature and then the the four spirits. It is. All of Studio Ghibli is nature-driven. Everything relates back to nature. You know, Ponyo, you have to respect the waters. You know, you saw the debris on the waters. Yeah. Um, Howl's Moving Castle. It's, you know, all this industry, everything that's moving, you know, just stuff like that. So everything that Studio Ghibli makes, it's telling a story about nature and how to respect it. Still does it a lot better than that one movie, it's like, you better recycle, which was done by Disney. I think you remember it. Wally? <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking that you were going to talk about Ferngully. No, no, no. I haven't gone that far back yet. I don't want anyone to know exactly how old I am. I watched so. that as a kid. I'm not that old. <laughs> I saw it in theater, so there you go. <laughs> That's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> Same no, thing but, with um, Land Before Time. <laughs> I did. I love that movie. I got that on VHS, okay? So, <laughs> but Ferngully... I did not realize this as a child, but it was actually an activist movie. Yeah. And it was it was against, you know, turning down forests and deforestation. No clue. No clue. I go look back at it as an adult, and I'm like, how do I not see this as a child? And it was <laughs> it still was, one of Robin Williams' best best uh, roles. Really? I mean, I would, I would say Genie, top. But yes, I can yes. totally agree with you. I, um, voice acting-wise, totally agree. But you know what? Um... I think it's a. Uh, I think it's time for a female perspective. Girl So for the female perspective, I have some main leading ladies to talk about. Okay, uh, for the first one, we have Kiki and Kiki's Delivery Service. Now, neither one of us put this in our top five, but Kiki's Delivery Service was a very cute movie. This girl, she has witchy powers, right? She flies on a broom, has a magical cat, right? Um, she's she's definitely a leading lady. She goes through, you know, developing her skills, honing it, you know, living her truth. Definitely love Kiki. Uh, the next one is San from Princess Mononoke. Now, she, she is a boss-ass bitch. I love her. She's like, no man is going to come up in here and fuck my shit. <laughs> feed you to my wolf. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, just super like, no, no, no. We have Shiro Sin from Spirited Away. Uh, she, when the movie first started, she was so scared. She was, she's like, where are my parents? What am I going to do? What is happening? And I believe that she actually found herself. And that's what the whole movie was about. Her parents are moving. They're going to a new place. And then they got lost. And metaphorically, and for real, they got lost, right? Through this whole journey, she found herself. You know, she found reason to not be scared. And that's what the whole movie was about. It was to realize that nothing's really scary. You just have to work it out, right? It still was very interesting watching all that progression go and very timid. And then she became very self-reliant, strong right. at the end. Right. And the main character, one of the, I forget the character's name, but it's the older lady that has the huge baby, right? The witch. Oh, God, and yes. she was so scared of her. And then towards the end, she's like, nah, lady, you know, I'm going to stand up to you, right? And so it definitely, it definitely showed her growing up as a character. And I really loved it. My favorite one is Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle. It's almost like the same story. Uh, Sophie... In the very beginning of the movie, she thought she was ugly. She was nothing compared to her blonde, blue-eyed sister who had all these, you know, 
male suitors and everything going on, right? And she just thought, you know, oh, um, you know, no one's gonna like me. I'll, you know, I, I just make pretty things. I'm not pretty. I make pretty things. And from day then, one, Hal always liked her. And she's all like, oh, Hal doesn't like me, you know, whatever. But he's like, dude, Sophie, you're freaking gorgeous. Like, what is wrong with you? And it took her the whole movie. It took her getting old. It took her pretty much almost dying, right? I mean, she got to a point where, because her emotions were connected to her aging process. And even when she would slip back into being young, she wouldn't realize it. And she's like, I'm just an old, ugly lady. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're beautiful. And she's like, mm, no. And she she couldn't see herself. Even when she was beautiful the whole time, she couldn't see herself. And it was a huge metaphor. It's saying that, you know, no matter how good, how pretty you look on the outside, it, you know, if you feel a certain way on the inside, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change. Yeah. And Sophie is my favorite character. Definitely pretty much out of the whole studio Ghibli universe. Um, Maybe besides Ponyo, Ponyo's like amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, but Sophie, it's it's amazing. She really is. She's an amazing lead character. She does her own thing. She really grows. I mean, you have to if you've never seen House Movie Castle, definitely check it out. It's a really really good movie. Sophie's a great character, and you root for her. You root for her. She's the underdog the whole show. Oh, yes. And it's kind of interesting with her as well. Like, remember, she got cursed by the Witch of the Waste. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was still determined to keep doing what she was doing. Just, you know, leave town, go find Hal. And it was just very interesting. Even with all the stuff that she was afflicted with, with the curse, she kept pressuring on. Right. She never, she never gave up. And that's what I love about her. But that's it for the episode, guys. Uh, again, you can contact us in various ways. You can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, and our website, which is Raging Nerds Pod. Uh, you can contact me at thirsty at ragingnerdspod.com. You can contact John. Oh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Dogfin Studios. And you can also email me, you know, just random things you want to send, especially if anything you want to hear on the shows at dogfinstudios at gmail.com. I also have an Instagram and Twitter, at ThirstyErica, and so does John. To listen to us, you can go to iHeartRadio. On iHeartRadio, we are under Dogfin Studios. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major broadcasting stations. Oh, yes, all those wonderful stations. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this episode. I love Studio Ghibli. If you guys want to hear anything from us, if you want to give us questions, give us ideas, definitely hit us up. Hit us on Facebook, Twitter. We are always connected to our phones, so definitely tune in, guys. <laughs> <laughs>